Hello, and thank you for checking out a brand new episode of This Is Just A Phase. I'm your humble host, Jonathan Kent. Before we get started with this episode, I just want to remind you, the listener, that not only are we available on Spotify, but we're also available on Apple iTunes, Google Podcasts, Radio Public, Breaker, or wherever else you listen to podcasts. That being said, you can hit me up directly at This Is Just A Phase podcast at gmail.com if you have any questions, concerns, or would like to be featured on the podcast. Uh, you can also hit us up on the socials at This Is Just A Phase. Uh, that's a group on Facebook. Uh, we're also available on Instagram at This Is Just A Phase podcast and TikTok at TIJP podcast. That being said, uh, also check out the Spotify exclusive series that I'm running called This Is Just A Phase Radio. I play new and past releases from all over uh, punk rock, and I try to put that out every Sunday. I usually include about 30 tracks, and uh, we feature a lot of bands that have been featured on the podcast or uh, bands that I'm just really into. So please do your fav- do yourself a favor and check that out. Again, that's This Is Just A Phase Radio, and that can be found on Spotify exclusively. That being said, Jay, let's go. And you've got no self-esteem There's a hole inside your head With no vision to be seen Let's go Let's go Let's go Every day you wake up with the same morning routine You're content with it you are And the same old morning scene Let's go Let's go Let's go Let's go Let's go On this really fun episode, I have the absolute pleasure of sitting down with Jerry LaFemina, frontman of the Maryland punk band The Downstrokes and creator of the Savage Mountain Punk Fest and Arts Program. We chat about his band and their new album, This Close to Vertigo, being released on September 29th on CD, vinyl, and digital through a joint partnership from Allegedly Records and Coffin Curse Records. We also discussed the grant they received from the Maryland State Art Council to help finance it, as well as their free release party the same day. We also chat about our mutual friends Bree Myers, Jay Prozac, Mike Billup, and others. And we discussed how our favorite music has become ones featured in commercials and even elevator music. We also discussed trying to play music and do a festival in the current climate of punk rock in the digital streaming age, as well as lots of the bands that have been featured on the Savage Mountain stage, including Ravagers, The Cheats, The Lousketeers, and many others. So sit back and please enjoy this wonderful episode of This Is Just A Face. Here's a lead-off track off of the Downstroke's soon-to-be-released album, This Close to Vertigo. Here's Kaput. Enjoy.
Hello there. Now I can hear you. Okay, you good? You good to go? I'm good to go. Okay. Now, is it uh, Jerry or Gary? Jerry. Jerry. Okay. I just want to make sure that I uh, that I had that right, so I didn't screw it up. You got it right. Okay. Good. I'm I'm very particular about the way names are said and names are spelled because I get my name misspelled all the time, and my wife gets her name mispronounced all the time. <laughs> well, considering my first and last name, it happens. So often, I just stop worrying about it. Okay. <laughs> so it's it's Jerry LaFemina. La LaFemina. Okay, LaFemina. I got it. Okay. So let me go ahead and introduce you, and then we can get started with the interview, man. Perfect. Thank you. You're welcome. Uh, I'm here with uh, Jerry LaFemina, and uh, I'm talking to him. He is from the punk band the Downstrokes, uh, based out of Maryland. And he is also the uh, creator of the Savage Mountain uh, punk, punk Festival and uh, Arts Program out of Maryland. Uh, Jerry, thank you so much for coming on the podcast. Jonathan, thanks for having me. I'm happy to be here. Uh, absolutely. I'm really stoked to have you on. Um, it actually came from a third person, uh, a, a good mutual friend of ours, Bree. Uh, from Allegedly Records put us in contact and I was really stoked that she reached out to me because like I know of people and I know of bands and I know of of things like festivals that go on and stuff but I don't always necessarily think of everybody you know to try to get on the podcast so when a third party does reach out and be like listen you should have this person on I'm like oh, fuck, well, why haven't I thought of that in the first place? I should have had him on months ago. It's There's there's so much happening. There's so much good music out there. You have nothing to worry about in that front, and I'm just glad Bree made the connection. She's great, and everything she does with Punk Box and Allegedly Records uh, is just phenomenal and more. She is such a great supporter of bands. She is a road warrior for seeing shows for the people she loves uh you know and if if she puts me in touch with you i know you're good people <laughs> uh she she really is and, and thank you for saying that uh, brie is amazing i i was lucky to uh meet up with her it was about a year year and a half now when uh one of the bands on her label um amuse were coming through the youngstown area and a band that I have on my label, Gatlin, was opening up for them. And she had happened to come in for the show because she's about, uh, give or take, about two and a half hours from where I live. So she actually made it up towards this area to, for the show. So I was able to meet her and cultivate a relationship with her. And um, I'm part of, of um, the, the group of Scene to Shining Scene that I have with her and a bunch of uh, other labels um, where we support each other and have a really strong relationship trying to uh, garner attention to the scene that's coming up because there's some really great bands, uh, really great labels, uh, really great events that are going on every year. And I, 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 you know, we're, we're a part of that group just trying to get these people be heard. Well, I'm a part of that group too uh, with Savage Mountain. And yes, we are you are. Yes, uh, Scott Pash, uh, another good friend, formerly of Florida, but now in Albany, New York. Yes, uh, that's right, DCPC. Yep, he uh, he hooked me up with the uh, scene to shining scene. Um, and you're in Youngstown, which I didn't realize, but uh, I, I have distant cousins in Youngstown. I've been in Youngstown uh, many times. Oh, very cool. Yeah, I grew up uh, just outside of Youngstown, a little town called Sharon. And uh, on the Pennsylvania side, but I have family all throughout Youngstown as well. Yeah, and I, me and my wife moved out this way from a little town called Newcastle, Pennsylvania uh, last year. Um, it just made sense coming back, coming towards a, a bigger area. Um, there's a lot more stuff going on this way, especially with music, which I've, I've really dug into the last few years after being away for a number of years. 
uh, with starting the podcast and the label and show promotions and stuff. So it just made sense for us to come back over towards the Youngstown area. Well, I'm excited to be talking to you. I'm excited as well. Um, I want to start with you because um, this is fresh uh, coming on uh, the 29th. Your band, The Downstrokes, are putting out their brand new album. Uh, would you talk? Would you like to talk a little bit about that? I'd love to. Uh, the album's this close to Vertigo. Uh, it's ten songs, uh, vinyl, CD, and of course all, all the digital streaming you could do. Um, we this album's been a long time coming. We we were in one studio that didn't work. We went to another. We got most of the songs done there. The where we had recorded our initial EP. Um, and then we sent it off to Moss Giorgini at Sonic Iguana to master, um, you know, and uh, like all these projects, uh, some things go smooth and some things don't. And this one uh, just, uh, it was, uh, you know, it was like pushing a car uphill. Um, yeah. Uh, but, but we're super excited that it's out. The, the initial feedback we've had from uh, some of the pre-release tracks has been great. Uh, and it continues to do what we do, which is just sort of explore this thing uh, we call punk rock. You know, we're we're not interested in trying to sound like anybody, but we're very interested in sounding like everybody. <laughs> um, I I'm really excited for this album because much like you, I um, that that you just said about um, uh, some of the songs getting attention. Um, UFO Baby was the first one that I heard. And then most recently, uh, She, as well as Moral Dilemma, are those are the three tracks that are kind of making their way around. Um, uh, I think you did Downtown Queen City before that as well? Uh, Downtown Queen City, uh, I actually think it's released Friday. It's getting released Friday. Okay, I wasn't sure if it was, because it was available on the band camp. But I wasn't sure if it was pre-released as well, like UFO Baby and She Was. Actually, you know what? I think you're right. I think uh, I think it was the first release off the record. Uh, we had gotten, actually, of all things, we got a State Arts Council grant. I was going to bring that up. Out. Thank you for bringing that up. Yeah. And um, uh, so one of the things we had to do is we had to, we, we, we are giving away X number of songs from the record as as a kind of public thank you. Very cool. Very cool. Now, how did you guys come across uh, getting that grant from the Maryland State Arts Council? Like, is that a, a Maryland thing or like has it been long running? Like what, what went into receiving that? The state of Maryland Arts Council does something called creativity grant support projects. Um, and uh, we tried. It took us like four applications to get it. But we finally put it together as a, a kind of multi-arts, multi-discipline grant. So we said, look, we have these musicians working with Maryland Studios. We have a, a Maryland artist doing the cover and a, an insert poster. Um, and uh, we're going to have a lyric sheet to emphasize um, the sort of poetry, put that word in quotes, poetry of it all. Um, and we're going to do a free release show. And I had to write a budget. Uh, and it, it took multiple attempts. But um, basically, uh, a lot of state arts councils support artistic projects. Now, we got the grant. We'll have to pay taxes on it and blah, blah, blah. But it went a of long course. way to help and make this record happen. And uh, I think it's really cool. State's Arts Council didn't say... It's, you know, it's not a high art. Um, and one of the things I'm, I'm always keen to remember is that people who work in arts councils now who are, you know, my age or a little younger, you know, they grew up. I mean, I'm 55. So these people all grew up with an awareness and openness to punk and new wave and grunge. So they don't have the kind of gatekeeper response that I think we would have gotten 20 years ago trying to do something like that. Yeah, because the people that are in control of these programs or CEOs of these programs or whatever, they're all people around our age. I'm 42, so 
I'm at that age where a lot of the people that are running these labels or running these programs or running these festivals are all around my age because we've all went through the um, the years of all these older people being the ones to do these things. Now it's like kind of like, oh, we're that age now where we're the ones kind of facilitating these these things to make them available for the generation below us kind of a thing. You know what I mean? Like it's kind of going like in, in a cycle. Exactly. And I think that's why you see like TV commercials now that might have a Buzzcock song playing in the background or a Clash mm-hmm. song. Or because the ad execs are all guys who grew up with that. Yeah. Yeah. So it's not uncommon to, to, I mean, I've heard, I've heard, you know, you've get, you know, you've gotten to a certain age when you start hearing a songs you grew up on on classic radio and songs that you grew up in commercials. I feel like that once you, like when you hit that certain age, you're like, fuck, am I at that age, man? Like now I'm hearing, you know, Nirvana is elevator music for this commercial for a, a erectile dysfunction pill. <laughs> Yeah, I hear when I there are certain songs when I hear at the grocery store, and I'm always like, "Really? Yeah, of all things, that song, really." I think it's really cool that 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 program was available to you 
because the album this close to Vertigo, um, as I told you earlier, I listened to several of the tracks, uh, you know, when you pre-released them, and and then um, I was able to get a sneak peek of the rest of the album. I appreciate that as well, and I honest to say, it's a great record, man. Thank you. Thank it you. It sounds Lord. really good. The diversity of the tracks are really apparent. Um, you don't stick to one one subgenre. Like you definitely. Now that you mentioned, you you said you're 55, so you're going. I can hear those um, those proto punk uh, style to certain songs. Like there's a one song. I think I think it's the either Downtown Queen City or Moral Dilemma. It almost kind of has like a like a New York Dolls kind of like almost like a like a proto punk kind of garagey kind of kind of guitar riff. And yeah, was... I'm a, I'm, we're big Dolls fans, uh, big MC Five fans. Uh, we actually come from four different musical backgrounds, which is kind of great. Um, you know, uh, our lead guitarist, Robin is very sort of post-punk oriented. So you hear that in the leads. Mm-hmm. Um, uh, I'm, I'm a, I'm an old New York guy. I got to actually see, uh, Thunders a bunch of times, uh, with Jerry Nolter, but never with Billy Rath, unfortunately. Mm-hmm. And of course I saw the Ramones a bunch. Uh, so that's, that's kind of in my DNA and, um, you know, uh, if you listen to the record, I, I just think that you sort of move through. I think Kaput kind of has a sort of Green Day-ish feel, sort of more traditional pop punk feel. Yeah, like get... like 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 a Kerplunk kind of an era, kind of that um very bubblegummy kind of, but kind of like that 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 lookout kind of style to it. Yep, and then and then I think Strays comes out of the Ramones. I, I think you get to like. Um, you get to flying metal death trap and you're hearing thin Lizzy. Yeah. Um, yeah. I'm just, you know, we're, we're not, we're not interested in a subgenre. We're interested in making music that interests us. Um, and, uh, you know, so, uh, we're, we're constantly trying to explore and, and, and fuck around and noodle around. Um, and, uh, I think the hardest thing is, like I said, you know, we, we started writing these songs almost two years ago and, we have a six song uh, split. So we're going to have six songs on a split with the Prozacs early next year. Uh, but we probably have another 15 songs in the can ready to, ready to learn and ready to, to polish up. Um, and, and as always, you know, we're sort of like, what are we doing next? Um, uh, that's, you know, you know, I, I don't think we're ever going to do the uh, the London Calling or the, the Sandinista in which there's a whole bunch of experimentation. But um, I think we're much more aligned to a band like The Replacements um, than, say, a band like The Ramones. You know, The Replacements, you never knew what you were going to get, but you knew it was all going to be in the same family. And I think that's where that's kind of our thinking. Yeah, and I and I and I like that you brought that up because I definitely feel kind of like a a replacements feel to a lot of your songs too. Like there's certain songs like like uh, Downtown Queen City or She were more like kind of like a storytelling song, but still within the confines of punk rock. Um, then you have kind of a barn burner like a UFO Baby that's very much four on the floor, you know, kind of that that, that punch. Very much the same with Kaput. Like there's the like Kaput's like that song that you want to start a record. Like a perfect opener. Bum 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 bum. Let's go. Um, but the like I, I like that you said the replacements or like early like early Soul Asylum or like early Goo Goo Dolls where there was a lot of variety to what they were doing within the confines of 10, 12 tracks. Yeah, uh, and and I mean, it just as a listener, it makes me interested. Um, I, I I like not knowing what I'm gonna get next. You know, I mean, I, I love a band like Bad Religion, but pretty much uh, the next Bad Religion album uh, is is gonna be for me a cheap imitation of Against the Grain. You know, which is an album yeah. I love. 
Um, and I don't mean any disrespect because I think those guys are great. Uh, you know, and, and I, I'm always, I always think of the ACDC interview in which uh, a, a, an interviewer asked Angus about what it felt like to be in a band that released 12 albums that sounded exactly the same. And Angus went, oh no, you got it all wrong. We've released 13 exactly the same. Um, <laughs> I, I love that. Um, I, I love that and I love listening to that. It just, as an artist, doesn't interest me as much. Yeah. Yeah, I, I agree with you. And uh, we were talking about the replacements and stuff like that. And a band that you kind of remind me a little bit of, maybe not less musically, but as far as taking a chance going on different directions was uh, a band kind of close to my heart called Guided by Voices. Ah, our bass player is a huge, huge Guided by Voices fan. Oh, awesome. They're, they're, they're from Ohio and... I've been a big fan of them for a long time. And I always liked that like bands like that just could put out such an amount of songs that are so different without fear of anybody saying anything, you know what I mean? You could have your indie lullaby and you can have this kind of power pop song. And then you can kind of have this raging song or this garage sounding song or, in like or this song that sounds almost countryish, and you didn't give a shit what what anybody thought because you were just making true art. Yeah, it's great, and I and I love that your record is like that. I, I this isn't the first record I've heard from you. I've I've heard of others, um, mainly unsafe at any speed. Um, so you guys were on my radar, and but just hearing the the difference from you guys over the last several years getting this record done is, is really awesome. And I, and I really, really dig the songs that you, that you put to wax for sure. Thank you so much, man. We're, like I said, we're super excited. Uh, and we'll be, we'll be on the road a bunch, uh, in support of it. We're going to be, uh, we're going to be down in, uh, Richmond and Charleston and Charlotte, uh, in next, uh, next weekend, actually. And then, uh, We'll be uh, we'll be back in Pittsburgh. Uh, we'll we'll probably head through Ohio. Uh, we'll probably do Detroit again. Uh, you know, I'd love to stop in in Youngstown anytime. It's not that far. Oh, listen, man, we'll stay in touch, and I'll I'll I'll, I'll try to get you hooked up with somebody in Youngstown for sure. That would for be sure. a lot of fun. <laughs> well, since we're on the subject of talking about touring, um. Let's talk a little bit about um, you guys as a band. Like, when did you guys start? How did you guys get together playing? And uh, what? how's it been the last, what, uh, six, seven years that you guys have been a band? Well, uh, this is, uh, you know, we're, we're sort of, uh, the original lineup, I'm the only surviving member. Um, but but the band uh, never really took off until Robin, our, our lead guitarist, joined the band. Uh, and we played the uh, 2018 Savage Mountain Punk Fest with Robin and me and a borrowed drummer and our, our longtime bass player, Aaron. Um, and then Aaron took a job and left the area uh, and Greg stepped in. And uh, that, that's that been the core of the band uh, since 2018. And uh, it's it's been a it's been a great core. We uh, you know we're all guys of a certain age. We're all guys you know uh, over fifty, and uh, we we have the flexibility in our jobs to do touring, uh, but we also respect each other's responsibilities. Um, and our, our 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 longtime drummer from that era who recorded uh, "Fall in Love with Punk Rock" again and recorded "Unsafe at Any Speed." Uh, he too moved out of the area. I think the hardest thing with being in a band from a small town uh, is uh, membership is hard and uh, finding people um, to play and want to do, you know, original music and not just want to be in some crazy cover band uh, is difficult. Um, and uh, just as we, uh, we burned out of a drummer and we didn't know what we were going to do, um, Kyle, who's been a, a guy I've known in the music scene for years and who's just an absolutely terrific musician, he kind of made it clear that he was uh, ending some projects 
and we were talking about other things. And I said to him, hey, you ever, you know, think about jamming with us? And he had actually been in the studio with us helping out the production of uh, Fall in Love with Punk Rock again. And he said, sure. And it's been great. And that's been the last uh, two years. His, his first show was actually opening for Richie Ramone with us. Nice. Um, and, you know, we've been, you know, uh, I know he's played in a whole bunch of places he never would have played if he hadn't been with us. Uh, and, uh, you know, so it's been great. We, we often do these kind of long weekends, three-day, four-day tours, um, because you know, we all have, unfortunately, day jobs that pay the bills. Um, yeah. On the other hand, uh, you know, it's, uh, you know, uh, I don't, I don't, I'm not trying to live off of what they pay me at shows. Um, uh, I, I don't know how bands do it anymore. I mean, when I was a kid, when I was 16 years old, so, you know, let's put this in perspective, 39 years ago, uh, CBGB's matinee was $5. Um, punk shows are still $5, um, which is just crazy to me. I, like everything, every expense for the band has gone up, but uh, but the cost is still five dollars. And I I think to myself, God, I, I don't know how bands who actually are trying to, you know, for lack of a better word, make a living, are doing it. And um, you know, but uh, you know, because because we have the sort of right mix of, of flexibility and leeway, but also uh, paycheck. Um, you know, we, we get to sort of have the best of both worlds. You know, I, I think of like, you know, my brother, my brother is a golfer. And he goes out and he, he spends a lot of money on clubs and travels to golf. Uh, I play punk rock. I play a lot of money on guitars and travel to play rock and roll. It's no different. It's better. No yeah, it's better. <laughs> absolutely. And I, and I love that. Like I, bands, like I, I promote shows and a lot, a lot of shows for, for um, the bands that are on my label or bands that are coming through, and the the five dollar local show. Just, I think bands are in under the realization. It's like there's no more MTV. There's no more big label appeal there's no uh money really had to be made by trying to be you know a rock star so why not just see it as what it is which is a part-time job when you have when you already have a full-time job you know what i mean yeah do you know release when you can play shows when you can you know i know tons of bands that made 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 a career off doing that um, and you know what? And they're well known for a select group of people, but they don't have to be known by everybody. Yeah, no, I agree. I agree completely. I mean, it's amazing how much the music industry has changed. Um, you know, we've, I've, you know, we have these conversations about how do you, how do you sell records? Uh, you know, everybody wants to stream, which is great, but, um, it would take, uh, you know, it would take 3,000 streams of UFO Baby on Spotify for the band to make $3. Yeah. Uh, so that's not a viable business model. And I just think, you know, I mean, I, I just think of like how many, how many black T-shirts, you know, I can't expect that, you know, a guy or a woman who goes to, you know, four shows a month can afford to buy, you know, three t-shirts a night by the three bands that played. I mean, I mean, the, the, the sort of model for it as a, as a job, I think is over. Um, you got to yeah. do it cause you love it. And, and you got to expect that, you know, you're going to contribute. Um, you know, we kind of, we kind of have a division of labor and a division of economy in the band. Um, and uh, and it works for the most part, um, but you know, uh, it's it's kind of amazing. amazing yeah. uh, I'm 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 a 55 year old guy still playing the music 
I loved and played when I was 15 years old. Like, I can't really complain about that. finish up this episode, why don't you head over to this is just a record label.bandcamp.com and check out the brand new compilation Invading the Border. It's a split release between this is just a record label and Faster and Louder out of Canada. It features 15 Canadian bands and 15 American bands. You heard me correctly, 30 bands on one CD. It's only $5 plus shipping. And while you're over there, don't forget to check out past releases from Hellefant, Dave Strong, The Plan B's, The Prozac's, Letters, and Gatlin. And also, three additional kick-ass compilations. And also, a single release from the band The Shanks. Again, that address is thisisjustarecordlabel.bandcamp.com. Head over there today. You won't be disappointed. Now back to the episode. But it's, it's as somebody who runs a label, it's... It's hard really trying to sell yourself to a band who knows the current state of music. And it's like, well, what can you do for me that I can't do myself? Well, I can help promote you. Maybe in avenues where you can't be promoted. Maybe I can send your stuff to avenues that maybe never thought of. You know, I can help with the cost of releasing this stuff. You know what I mean? Other than that, I really don't, you know, I can't be like, well, I can provide you radio play and, you know, 120, you know, college radio stations, or I can put you on these nighttime shows that future bands, those kind of things don't really exist anymore. Yeah. So to try to, so like when I, when you try to sell yourself to a band that when, when really all you want is be like, dude, I really like your band. I want to be a part of it. Can I help you put your shit out? Because that's ultimately really all I have to offer somebody is like, I dig your band. I like what you do. Let me try to get your name out as best I can. Let me try to help you sell as many records as you can. And that's really all I can say. I mean, you can't just those days of these crazy way of trying to do bidding with a label. Those, I mean, I can't do major labels aren't doing much more than what I do as a local label. Yeah, you know what true. I mean? That's they're true. Just, their shit's just, they're, they're plastering 
songs of all over the interwebs and go and get their record at Walmart and pay $45 for it. Yeah. Uh, you know, I mean, I, I think one of the things I, 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 I try to, I try to tell people is that ultimately, you know, the, the only way for, for, you know, records to, to quote unquote sell or anything else is it's about building relationships, which is why I love something like scene to shining scene. It's why I love Brie. It's why I love, uh, over at Coffin Curse, it's it's why I love somebody like Jack Rabbit at Big Takeover Magazine. Um, you know, you you build these relationships that the the band is kind of tertiary to. Like, I'm grateful for Bree and Mike for their support of of the album. Uh, Jack Rabbit has has you know uh, really been a supporter of the Downstrokes the last few years, uh, and I've known. Jack on and off since I was a kid. Uh, but I, I think that more importantly is that these are people who love music and love their scene. And that if, if they're willing to support what we do, then they must actually like it and believe in it. And that's all I could ask for at this point. Exactly. And you had mentioned earlier the Prozacs. I'm lucky to consider Jay Prozac, a really good friend of mine. Um, I've been following his band 20, 20 plus years at this point. And I was lucky enough. I mean, we had garnered such a relationship. He was, he was like, Hey, does your label want to put out our early demo stuff? We recorded them in Cleveland. And I'm like, seriously. And he's like, yeah, why the fuck not? We're friends. And I would have never thought 15, 20 years before that, that I would ever have that opportunity. It's like, what could I possibly offer to the Prozacs? You know, they were on Cheapskate Records. They were on Jolly Ronnie Records. They were on these Out Loud Records. What can I offer that's any different than these bigger labels? Then you come to realize these big labels that we thought were big really weren't. They were just lucky enough to put out so many records that, like, we thought these labels were so huge and so big. They were just putting out the right bands at the right time. Yeah, I, 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 you uh, so much of anything is right time, right place. Yep. Um, you know, uh, you, you know, and and uh, as for Jay, Jay is one of the best people in punk rock. I mean, he's just, just a genuine and good guy. Um, uh, I, I love the guy, and when we we get to play a bunch of shows together every year, we've been really working hard to sort of say, hey, let's meet. We just played in Wilmington, Delaware together. Um, you know, we kind of try to make it a thing like, hey, let's meet in Brooklyn or or let's meet in Connecticut or or whatever, you know, just to sort of get a show in together and hang out. Yeah, I see you guys on a lot of bills. And like, I'm like, why do I have to be so fucking landlocked? Like, why can't I be in Philly or Delaware or, you know, New Jersey or New York or I mean I see like you guys and Prozacs and the Lauskateers and you know then I see bands like TV Thieves that are playing with you know or these bands are playing at the pie shop and the guys from Our Brains Hurt are doing this or doing that I'm like damn it that's like the best area right now it, it really it really is uh, the scene around here is booming um and and the downstrokes were really great to glad to be a part of it and and really grateful to be a part of it and you know whatever small part savage mountain has played in all of that too uh it's just been exciting uh it's you know when when, when the downstroke started i think there were like three punk bands you know put punk in quotes uh in the area and now there's like eight you know um it's just it's just just, just a renaissance right now um, it really is, and and it's it's cool to be a part of. Yeah, and 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 like I said, like you, you are doing great things in your area, and you know this is a good way to segue into the Savage Mountain Fest. Um, I first heard about it a couple years ago um, when I was joining a lot of these groups, like I said, like Sign Sheen, the Signing uh, Scene, and all the other groups uh, that I joined on social media. But this past year, there's actually a number of bands that I was really stoked to see that you had this year. Um, a lot, a lot of bands I've been following a long time, and um, 
the Super Suckers, Huntington's, <coughs> excuse me, Pie Tasters, Doc Rotten, a uh, band from um, my uh, close to my area out of Pittsburgh, The Cheats, um, Rebel Matic, Royal Honey, tons of bands. I wish I would have been able to make it out for this because th- this lineup was incredible, man. Well, all I could say to that is that um, we've got some offers in for some bands uh, that'll make the 2024 Savage Mountain Punk Fest uh, the biggest one yet. Um, oh, wow. We, uh, we are, we're super excited uh, trying to, you know, it's, it's a hard thing because we, we, we want it to be like a family reunion. So we, we always want to have like certain bands that we love sort of be there. But as we grow and as we get more bands contacting us, uh, it gets harder to do. I mean, the Downstrokes took the year off this year um, to uh, to sort of lead the charge of saying, uh, you know, I can't have the same bands every year uh, at this point, um, which used to be. I mean, we used to have some bands that were regulars. You know, I'm trying to rotate bands like The Cheats and Submachine um, you know, so that one or the other plays, cause I, I love both of those guys and they're both from Pittsburgh. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, but, and it's also about trying to see who's out there and who's available, but, um, we are, uh, you know, it's, it's a, we are a 501 C three arts organization. So we are a, a nonprofit, which allows us to get donations and get some grants to help, uh, to help support what we do. And what we try to do is we try to make a different type of, you know, we call it a festival because it's three days of music, but the venue is only like a 225 person venue. Oh, wow. So when, when the super suckers played, super suckers played in front of 250 people. That's it. That's crazy. So, so you end up having this like really intimate, uh, experience. Um, you know, where the people are the people who want to be there and know it's the place to be. Um, and so uh, it's amazing. So, yeah, so when I say it's going to be the biggest one yet, uh, until I have a confirmation, I can't name names, but uh, we're, we're, we're trying to get some, uh, like, California punk rock royalty to play to 250 people, and they probably normally... Like, uh, we reached out. I'll tell you a story. We reached out to the Violent Femmes, um, oh, to their nice. agent, because I was just like, you know, I mean, like people play house shows now, and people play weird sort of events, and and the Violent Femmes agent was basically like, "There's no way I could sell the guys. I'm playing a 250 seat venue," and I was like, "Why the fuck not? Like, why wouldn't you? Why wouldn't you want to play in front? Like, I'm not selling ten dollar bottles of water." I'm not. I'm not leaving people to piss in porta potties in the rain. Uh, I'm trying to do something in which you get 250 people who are like, "Yeah, I was one of the 250 people when Super Suckers played in this small place in middle of nowhere, Maryland, and it was brilliant because yeah. it was fucking brilliant." Yeah. Now you could sell the same thing to a a band from that same venue who probably or from that same time frame. Where they'll be like, fuck yeah, we'll do it. You know what I mean? Like, especially yeah. within, you know, the punk scene, like certain bands kind of, certain bands sometimes kind of forget about that kind of thing, you know, trying to want to play those intimate sets. Like, it would be amazing to see the Super Suckers with a 250 capacity seat. Yeah. That would be incredible. Uh, and, and the amazing thing is the venue that we do it in, it the stage. Uh, behind the stage are the windows to the street. So you can actually step outside and watch from the street while you're getting some air, the band playing from behind them. That's so cool. That's really cool. And there was, oh, there was a couple other bands too from there too that I'm lucky enough that I've uh, had correspondence with. Uh, President Bomber and the Lausketeers too. President Bomber, uh, great guys, great band, so much fun. Uh, the Lobsketeers have played the last three festivals uh, where the Downstrokes have become very close to to the three of them. Uh, really love them. They actually debuted a song 
about going to Savage Mountain, actually. Oh, um, I think I heard it, yeah. And, uh, you know, the band the band that uh, really we loved that played this year's festival were the Ravagers. I was going to mention the Ravagers, too, yeah. Uh, you know, I uh, they did a cover of, uh, of Holy War by Lords of the New Church. And, and I remember seeing the Lords play that song. And, and I will say this, I think the Ravagers played it as good as the Lords of the New Church did. It was oh, just, wow. Just amazing to see it live. Uh, and, uh, you know, and it's funny because my job at the festival is I don't really get to see the bands. You know, I don't uh, because I am moving between the venue management, our volunteers, the door, um, checking to make sure everything's all right. So I often see like three or four songs by a band tops. Mm-hmm. Um, but by Thursday night, by the time the Ravagers went on, they were the last band of the first night and there were no fires to be put out. And I just got to enjoy them, which uh, was amazing. That's awesome. I'm actually going to be really fortunate enough here in um, two weeks to see the Lasketeers. They're uh, playing a festival over here in Youngstown on the uh, 7th. Oh, excellent. So Mom's Basement Fest is actually going to be held in uh, in Youngstown, and I'm going to see the Lasketeers, and I'm actually uh, going to be having a conversation with those guys. So, Well, they're great, and if you got to be at the Mom's Basement Festival, I'm sure the Jasons will be there. Oh, of course, you know they're going to be there, man. (laughs) Um, uh, All all good friends of ours. Uh, You know, the Jasons have killed me more than once. Oh, yes, yes. They're they're, they're notorious for that shit, man. (laughs) But uh, listen, I'm I'm really stoked. I I really want to come out to to the festival uh, next year. Um, Like I said, it's you're not super far from me. I'm 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 at a pretty good location. Three hours. Yeah, three, three hours, hours to get to you guys. Yeah, um, not very far, and it's like it's 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 fun to be at the age that I'm at because like my kids are older now, so like I can kind of just you know what I'm gonna go for a day. I'm gonna go do this for a couple days. I'm gonna go do that for a couple days, and they're like, whatever, Dad. Well, if they if they like the punk rock, our shows are all ages. You can bring them along. Oh, absolutely, man. Well, listen. I am super excited I got to talk to you tonight. Um, it was a lot of fun to get to meet, uh, get to talk to you on the phone and uh, get to know a little bit more about you and about the, the organization, the, the, the Punk Arts Foundation and the, and the uh, festival itself and the band. Uh, thank you so much for just taking the time out to talk to me, man. Jonathan, thank you for wanting to talk to me. It's an honor. You know, I'm always reminded... Uh, I, I, you owe me nothing. So the idea that you wanted to talk to us, you like the music, you like what we're doing. Uh, that's a gift, man. Thank you so much. You're absolutely welcome, man. Hey, enjoy your dinner plans. Enjoy the rest of your night. And I will be in touch with you real soon. Perfect. Thank you so much, Jonathan. Be well. Yeah, you too. Have a great night, man. You too. Bye. Bye. Oh,
Keeps numbers that you'll never call